0: Uh, I'm going to pray as we uh, reflect on Luke chapter 2. Loving Father, we pray that uh, as we look at your word, we pray that by your spirit you would speak to our hearts and our minds, uh, that you would give us eyes to see the glory and wonder that is your son Jesus, and that we would respond with repentance and faith. Uh, We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Introductions. Matter. Introductions are really important. Uh, I remember uh, in my time at Barabah men's touch footy uh, on a hot weekday afternoon. It was stinking hot. It was my first game and one of my young youth group uh, mates was there happily there to meet me and to take me over to the boys and uh, to meet the new team. And uh, to my great surprise uh reese he's all of 14 or something like that he introduced me and he said hey boys this is adam and i thought wow this is a great start but then his his face kind of screwed up and got a bit contorted and then i started thinking oh no what's coming and he kind of shifted and shimmied and he said oh adam's a priest
1: And now everyone's
0: face screwed up, <laughs> including mine. Anyway, I, I replied, Hey, fellas, uh, I have a wife, two children, and I pay my taxes. Nice to meet you. And we play touch footy. And that seemed to make things better. There was another occasion where I stood in a chapel at a lectern uh, getting ready for a funeral service. And someone approached the lectern, they came to me and they said, Excuse me, I'm, I'm just wondering if you know where the minister is. <laughs> to which I replied, he's not far away. <laughs> uh, introductions, uh, well, we know how they work, don't we? Uh, we say who they are, maybe what they do or who they're related to, sometimes even this evening. Two blokes, hey Barry, do you know this other bloke? Yeah, we've known each other. Brian and I have known each other for 20 years. Easy, that's done. Uh, Family relationships, job descriptions, they all tell you a lot about people. And through an angel on the hillside, here is God introducing his son to the world in exactly the same way. He outlines who he was related to and what his job was. And so who was this hours old baby related to? Can you see it there in chapter two, verse 11? Today in the town of David, a saviour is born, the angel said. A saviour is born, who is Christ the Lord. Notice the angel points to not one, but two family trees. On one side, he's related to David. Israel's greatest ever ruler. Uh, You could think Robert Menzies, Churchill, Queen Elizabeth, all rolled into one, Uh, King David. Uh, But David's family had fallen a long way. And Mary's Joseph, well, he doesn't sit on the throne in Jerusalem City. He's normally in Nazareth building things in a rural backwater somewhere. But God had promised that one day... David's line would get their throne back. And Jesus was descended from David. And what about the other family tree? Well, can you see it there? He's called the Lord. And the title Lord is one that's reserved for God. Gabriel, the angel, mentioned the Lord a few times in that little chat with Mary. You might remember it. And you'd never call anyone other than God Lord. And so here is the introduction. Jesus is human royalty, descended of David, but he's also divine royalty all at the same time. Fully man, fully God. And what is his job? Well, it's there again in verse 11. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. God has given his son Jesus two jobs. He was and still is Christ. Now, this is important. The name Christ is not like Jesus' surname, as some might think. Mary and Joseph are not Mr. and Mrs. Christ. Okay, Christ is a title that means anointed one or God's promised king. And for centuries, God has been promising to send his king into the world. But not just any king, the king, a king who would rule perfectly, a king who would rule selflessly, a king who would rule forever, a king whose rule would guarantee security for life and bring satisfaction and meaning and purpose for life. A king who would not rule uh, not only over Israel, as David had, but the whole world. A king who would restore the world to how God intended to be the perfect place he created. Now, that would be some king, wouldn't it? Clues had been given over centuries past by God so that people could recognise Christ when he finally appeared. We heard from the Isaiah reading, that was a clue. God has spoken through his messengers, through prophets and told his people that the Christ would be one of David's descendants. And now on a hillside outside Bethlehem, God has announced that at last Christ has been born. Now, we Australians are used to our leaders disappointing us, I think. Insert name here, whatever name you like, take your pick. Bold-faced lies, deceit, backstabbing, betrayal, immorality. Some of our politicians seem less interested in managing our economy and our country and are more interested in being the thought police legislating what you can and can't think or believe. And instead of upholding what should be our freedoms, they're binding them. And with the prospect of an election next year, many of us are in dismay at the quality of our options. We long for good leadership. If only we could find someone good enough at ruling our country. To give us and everyone else the security and the satisfaction that we all want. Someone who was able to know what the right thing to do was. And then was unselfish enough to do it. Someone pleased with integrity and conviction and wisdom. Who would be good enough? And of course Israel uh, were no different. In their history they put their hopes and dreams in judges and kings and warriors and foreign empires and of course none of them delivered. Israel learned to be just as cynical about leaders' promises as maybe most of us are. Israel still wants a ruler but experience has taught them that only a perfect man can be the perfect ruler and of course they still haven't found what they're looking for until now until God's angel said to some very ordinary people, shepherds sorry if you work with sheep, uh, shepherds watching their flocks by night, God's angel says he's here, he has come, the Christ God's promised king, a king who will actually deliver on his promises. He has arrived. Now, I don't know about you, can you imagine the shepherds out in the fields at night? Uh, In the context, they're regarded as the ordinary and the very average. Okay? And maybe in this scene, can you hear the insects chirping? Yep, they're chirping. And who knows what the working dogs are up to? Lifting their noses, maybe at the scent of predators. Maybe they're flicking their ears at anything out of place. Maybe the lambs are bleating. Maybe the night is still. Maybe the shepherd has finally got his comfortable spot at the foot of a tree. And night has come. Can you hear it? Ma, nah, nah. Is that what it sounds like? Maybe a bit cuter than that, sorry but now imagine if you're there, now imagine some explosion of light fills the sky and an angel appears and tell me what do you think the dogs are doing right now as the angel appears I mean close encounters of a third kind eat your heart out this is a bright, dizzying light and then the angel says relax boys just me don't be afraid. I've got some good news. Good for good news for everyone. You, you can see it there in verse ten. That was Dracot's paraphrase. Verse ten: The angel says, "Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people." And then he tells them a the deal and what to look for. To look for a sign, and then just to be sure, a heavenly praise fest happens. With all these angels singing and praising God. Angels with the sound cramped up. Can you see it in verse 13? Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. This is an awesome spectacle. Now when I think of awesome spectacles. In my imagination, I'm thinking, well, you know, U2 you was pretty good. At the, at the football stadium, they were great. At the, at the um, old entertainment centre, that was something else. The atmosphere is bright and electric and the sound is so loud, it, it feels like it pulsates through your body. It's an amazing experience. And even our brother Dan Avenor here, he's outdone me, actually. He's been in the mosh pit of a U two concert. You know what a mosh pit is? That's up the front where they're bouncing up and down. That's Daniel. In fact that was so momentous, Daniel mentioned it in his job interview. And of course he got the job. Easy. (laughs) But we know the excitement of such a spectacle. And if you can't relate to U2, think of Andre Rayu or what it you know that guy. Think of him. Some of you always talk about Andre. And we'll share the experience. And we'll get on the phone and tell anybody who will listen. We'll tell our friends. And see that the shepherds heard and saw something infinitely greater. Here is God announcing his son come to the world. Here is God with a birth announcement. It's a boy that's some birth announcement I mean here is God can you imagine God in the heavenly court a pleased heavenly father and maybe he's saying hey who do you want to tell hey guys who do you want to tell do you want to tell some shepherds how about we buzz some shepherds and we we'll get the band together and we'll, we'll send Gabriel and he can announce it and we'll, we'll go boom what do you think wouldn't that be great and of course, that's what we read in the scriptures. I mean, Thomas is born. I sent text messages and phone calls and email. And back in the day, uh, it was a notice in the newspaper. But this birth announcement is a stadium-like, powerful, triumphant heavenly show. It really is. This is God's idea of birth announcement. This is God saying, I've kept my promises. I said it would be, come world and see. Come poor shepherds and see. Come wise kings from afar and see. Come one and come all. Come and worship the king. Now, response, if you're a shepherd, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay put? We know the story, we know they race off, but actually you might stay put in the context. Because again, the social conventions of the day are that the lowly, ordinary shepherds aren't fit for an audience with the Messiah. They are not fit for an audience with the Son of God. In their minds, there would be good reason to doubt this welcome. Of course, until the angels spell it all out for them. Baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a cattle trough, and then the heavenly spectacle. And it's what makes this imagery so wonderful. Verse 15 is the, yeah, let's do it, boys, verse. The angels left them and, got, uh, and went into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, <laughs> let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord Has told us about. Through his messenger. And off they go. And we love this about the shepherds. They go confident. Of making an approach. Confident. Of not being rejected. Confident of not being shunned. Confident of having access. As they come into the presence of the Messiah. Here's a question for you tonight. Do you have hang ups. About the prospect of being with Jesus for eternity. Do you have hang-ups about being acceptable to him? Or worthy of him? Haven't you sat in the fields tonight with the shepherds? Haven't you heard the angel? Haven't you glimpsed a vision of this heavenly birth announcement that joyfully shouts that the king has come. The king your king has come. Come and see the king. Come and see the very glory of God. Come to the king. Come to Jesus. Can you see in this picture God's warm welcoming love being poured out in this scene. Are you tasting it? And as you think that through, are you going to take the lead of the shepherds now? And you're going to get up and start walking and come to this one we call Jesus. The shepherds find the baby and his parents. Verse 16. They hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The sign checks out. And then what do they do there? Uh, verse 17 when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child so they go and tell all and sundry of course you do I don't know if there were t-shirts for sale like you get at a U2 concert but they're pretty excited such that verse 18 all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them and why are they amazed why are they amazed at hearing this story? Because Jesus is coming is good news. Christmas is good news. It's great news for the shepherds back then, and it's great news for us today. Why? Because there's a ruler who offers to rule us, and he offers to rule us perfectly. He will rule us selflessly. He will rule us eternally. And he'll give us security throughout life and purpose. There's a ruler who can get rid of the things which stop our lives being as we'd like them to be. A ruler who will one day remove all suffering, frustration, fear and even death. There is a king who can and will establish endless perfection on earth in the new creation. And he is God's Christ. And he is the leader we are looking for. Now you might cynically sit there and go, well, Adam, I wish he'd get on with it. Why doesn't he do it now? Answer, he's not a genie. He's not our slave. God is God. And God knows better than us. His timing is better than ours. God does as God sees fit. And the promise is that just as surely as he As Jesus has come this first time, he will come again. Jesus Christ is the ruler we are looking for. And Jesus Christ is the ruler we need. And he has come for everybody without distinction. He has come for everybody here in this room tonight. And he's come for me. And he's come for you. And as our king, he calls us to trust him to be people of faith that follow him faithful people who are joyful and triumphant at the knowledge of the king now why else does this matter well the angel didn't only see that the Christ has been born he added something else you see that other word saviour the baby's job is not only to rule but also to be a rescuer and our world needs rescuing the people, the creation, all of us, we need a rescuer, we need a saviour, and Jesus is that person and the only person. And for us as Christians, our profession, of course, is he has, he has saved us. And that should be life-altering. We have been saved. And because we have been saved, we have peace with God. And because we have peace with God We can be confident Our eternal future is secure We have received And accepted God's Amazing love shown to us In his son and so We go out and we Show that same amazing love to others Jesus Has come The shepherds sought Jesus and they found him And maybe some of us Here tonight still need to do that Some of us Are yet to give ourselves in faith to Christ our King. History says Jesus has come. And because that is true, look at the example of the shepherds. Having found their Christ, they thought this was such good news, that this was so marvellous. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Is this not marvellous? Is it not wonderful? We cannot be quiet about this, and we cannot be indifferent. Here is God's Christmas gift to the world, introduced again to us tonight. Jesus Christ is the ruler we are looking for, and Jesus Christ is the saviour we need. And so let's not get this introduction wrong. It's not the time to respond with a soft, limp handshake or a wilted high five nothing worse for today in the town of David the angel said a saviour has been born he is Christ the Lord so let us all come and let us adore him as we must Amen.